This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances. Hello and welcome to Smarter Lawcast with Hall and Wilcox. My name's Mark Dunphy and I'm a partner in the Employment and Workplace Relations team at Hall and Wilcox. Today I'm joined by Claire Curley, a special counsel in our Employment and Workplace Relations team. Claire is from our Sydney office. Today we're going to be discussing mandatory vaccinations, which is incredibly topical at the moment. I know it's incredibly topical because earlier this week we hosted a firm-wide webinar and it was oversubscribed with a thousand people wanting to come into it. So it's of great interest and it's something that's uh, of particular attention to the majority of our employer clients um, at the moment. So Claire, I know that you've been keeping in touch uh, very much with, um, with what's going on with regard to workplace vaccinations and the ability of employers to mandate vaccinations. I wonder if you could start by giving us a current state of play, a bit of an overview of where we are and perhaps with some emphasis on how quickly this is changing on a day-by-day basis. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, look, it is a very spicy topic and lots of people have lots of different opinions and views on it. And lots of people are interested for the sake of their businesses and how how we can move forward out of this pandemic situation. Look, we've spoken to hundreds, honestly, hundreds of businesses about this. And there's a really broad range of concerns about the vaccination issue, from whether it can be mandated in a workplace to the privacy issues around requesting information and and whether it provokes any um, discrimination issues. It's a really vexed issue. Um, As you said, things are changing quickly, almost on a day-by-day basis. So the public health orders are different state to state, industry to industry. And I think the first important point is to keep up to date with the public health orders, particularly if you're in an industry where they are affected. So healthcare, aged care, some sections of education, that sort of thing. And know where the relevant bits of the legislation are. And they're being updated frequently. So I think there's a need to check them frequently. In terms of the current state of play, the Prime Minister Scott Morrison has indicated there won't really be a broad mandate or or legislation of the vaccination Australia-wide. So many employers are looking at whether they can require their employees to be vaccinated and whether that's a good idea. So I think today we'll talk about the different trips and traps around that. Great. So is it sufficient to say that there's no straightforward answer to the question at at the moment of whether you can require your employees to be vaccinated? I think the most straightforward answer I can give you, Mark, is it depends. So there's a whole range of of issues you need to consider before you decide uh, whether a mandatory vaccination is right and also lawful for your workplace. Uh, uh, I mean, even the the regulators have changed their advice and views on, on the topic. We start with looking at whether it is mandated in your industry, in your state, and of course those people it's an offence not to be vaccinated if they are to attend work and so those people must be vaccinated. The second tier is what do you do with employees who it's not mandated that they be vaccinated uh, by the government but you would like them to be vaccinated. This is when we turn to the concept of a lawful and reasonable direction. Now, most employment contracts, and indeed the employment relationship generally requires workers to follow lawful and reasonable directions given by their employer. Um, 
But the mere existence of a COVID-19 pandemic and even sort of these outbreak situations we find ourselves in is not really good enough reason by themselves for an employer to direct their staff to get vaccinated, which is the common sort of train of thought on it. You need to consider further factors beyond that, um, including environmental factors and employee factors. So you look at the nature of your workplace. Uh, do, do people in your workplace routinely interact with members of the community? Um, and this would be especially so if, if those members of the community are vulnerable people, for example, elderly people, people with disabilities or children. Uh, and that would be a factor indicating that a direction might be more reasonable. Uh, you've also got to look at availabilities of other measures to combat COVID-19 exposure. So where you have a workplace with an ability to implement other measures to combat this risk, then you should put those in place. We also look at vaccine availability and effectiveness. Um, there's medical evidence the vaccination does significantly reduce transmission and exposure, but we, we also have to consider the availability of vaccine. In New South Wales, um, uh, both brands that are currently approved by the TGA are available. And so uh, it, it might be more reasonable in New South Wales and Victoria, uh, where there is also a higher rate of availability, that it is more reasonable that it be directed um, or mandated. Uh, other states where the rollout has been slower uh, due to the increase in pandemic conditions in New South Wales and Victoria, uh, it might be less reasonable until all people can get properly and fully vaccinated. Uh, you also need to look at employee circumstances. So even so, some employees, even in the one organisation, might fa face a higher risk of exposure to the virus. So you could have front of house staff who are dealing with the community on a on a day by day basis, and people in the back office who are less uh, likely to get into to become uh, in contact with the the virus. Um, you also look at things like vulnerable employees or employees with genu genuine medical exemptions. If you have vulnerable employees that might be concerned about other workers infecting them, it may then be more reasonable uh, that they receive this vaccine. Claire, you mentioned earlier, you made an, a number of references to, um, to the states. Do I take it then, given many, many employers operate in multiple states across Australia, uh, so it could be that an employer has different obligations in different states for the same range of employees? Yeah, that could well be the case. And that's why we're, we're telling uh, employers at this stage, look at it on a case-by-case -case basis and even a site-by-site -site basis. Because, for example, if you are in a hotspot in New South Wales, uh, in the suburb, for example, of Fairfield, where there is a very high rate of infection currently compared to people performing the same job in Perth, uh, there is obviously a significant difference in uh, the risk of exposure such that it might be reasonable to mandate it in New South Wales and at that Fairfield site and not at the Perth site. Yeah, that's certainly something for national employers to keep in mind that they need to look at this on a state-by-state -state basis and that there's not, at the moment, a one-size-fits-all um, answer. Um, Claire, can I move on to discussing um, the proof issues that are going to be required when we get to a stage where businesses are in a position to mandate uh, vaccination? What sort of issues can I ask arise with regard to, um, to the data collection? And I'm certainly aware that there are issues um, from, there'll be issues with regard 
uh, un under the directions themselves. But probably if you could also touch on um, data collection and uh, any medical information um, uh, requirements that might apply as well. Sure. For, for employees, uh, employers, pardon me, who are covered by the Privacy Act, the Office of the uh, Information Commissioner uh, of Australia has have provided some really clear guidance on what employers can and cannot ask and the rules about uh, keeping that data secure. So when you're asking somebody about their vaccination status, that's their medical information. Medical information under the Privacy Act is considered to be sensitive information. So there's a higher rate of uh, uh, rings to jump through in terms of collection and uh, a higher rate of security required. Really, uh, the answer is that employers will only be able to collect this sort of information in limited circumstances and only the minimum amount uh, reasonably necessary to maintain a safe workplace uh, to be co is, is to be collected. Um, employees need to give their consent, so uh, they need to understand why you want this information uh, and the purpose for it. And, and the Privacy Commissioner has said it's not satisfactory for an employer just to have this information just in case it needs to be as part of uh, a, a policy or, or a direction in the workplace if you are to collect it and there is an exception that allows collection uh, without the employee's consent in circumstances where the collection is required or authorised by law so those are the the mandated uh, sites and industries in in the states uh, for example in healthcare or aged care. Uh, there is an employee exemption, uh, employee records exemption under the Privacy Act. So many employers will already know that an employee's records aren't covered by the Australian privacy principles. However, this does not apply to the collection of the information. So that collection still needs to be in accordance with the Australian privacy principles. And it also doesn't apply to contractors or agents or visitors to the workplace where you might otherwise like to collect that information. So you do, do still need to abide by, by the requirements of, of the Privacy Act if you are collecting information from those classes of people. It's also important to keep this information safe and secure if you are to retain it. Um, and I note that in, in some public health orders in terms of, uh, for example, construction sites in New South Wales, there was a requirement to check someone's vaccination stat status. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean collect their vaccination status and keep it. So uh, there have been um, uh, thoughts that that was a mere citing of someone's vaccination certificate as opposed to an employer taking and keeping the vaccination certificate or a copy of that vaccination certificate. Claire, what about the situation where employers want to try and get ahead of the eight ball and want to get information of their employees' vaccination status in advance of them having an obligation to do so? Does that cause any issues for employers? Well, the Office of, of the Australian Information Commissioner has said you need to have a clear and justifiable reason for collecting the vaccination status information. So if you don't have a specified use for the information at the time and you are recording it and collecting it and recording it on a just-in-case basis, uh, the Privacy Commissioner has said it's unlikely to be reasonably necessary, which is a requirement under the Australian Privacy Principles. So it's important that uh, employers understand where they, yeah, 
you're correct, it's important that employers understand where they sit in terms of mandating these vaccines in order to be able to collect this information. And they shouldn't just be asking uh, for people's uh, medical information sort of willy-nilly, um, as the Privacy Commissioner said. Great. Claire, so far we've been focusing on the issue of employers being able to request um, and mandate their employees to be vaccinated. Can I turn for a moment to the issue of others that come at that touch uh, employers, whether it be clients, contractors, um, cleaners, whoever it might be that that comes into the um, th that comes into touch with employing entities? How far are companies allowed to go in, or is it anticipated companies are going to be able to go in requiring those others who come in touch with the office um, of their vaccination status? Yeah, that's a good question, Mark. We're, we're receiving um, lots of inquiries down this sort of line. Um, can people who, or visitors to the workplace, uh, be required to be vaccinated and, and all the issues involved in that? Look, the, the federal safety regulator, Safe Work Australia, has said it's unlikely the work health safety require, laws will require you to ask customers or visitors for proof of vaccination. So if you're relying on safety reasons, uh, the work health safety regulator has said that may not be sufficient. However, uh, they go on to say if you want customers and visitors, visitors to be vaccinated as a condition of entry anyway, you should seek advice and, and that advice would pertain to potential discrimination issues and privacy issues. So we just spoke about the collection of information from employees. The same principles um, and indeed a, a heightened level of principles would probably ap apply to customers coming to the workplace. How do you collect that information? Uh, how do you cite that information? How 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 can you be certain that the information that they're providing you is is correct? Um, and, you know, these are questions that may be unanswered at this time. Um, and then the discrimination issue is is obviously something, a very live issue when we're talking about this, this sort of question because uh, discrimination uh, allegations can be raised in the context of the provision of services. So if someone cannot be vaccinated, for example, due to a medical condition, which amounts to a disability under either state or federal discrimination legislation, you may well fall afoul of those laws by requiring someone to be vaccinated to enter your premises. Uh, or if someone, for example, is pregnant and their doctor has said that they should not get vaccinated, uh, are you discriminating against them on the basis of pregnancy? Uh, so vaccination status in and of itself uh, is unlikely to be a grounds for discrimination. However, uh, it may be, uh, uh, it may give rise to allegations of discrimination uh, if you are refusing service to people who are unvaccinated for those reasons. So I think, <laughs> simply put, uh, you can deny, you can require visitors to your workplace to be vaccinated subject to privacy considerations and discrimination considerations. Yeah, I think there's um, going to be a myriad of issues that are going to uh, require a lot of attention in the discrimination space, both with regard to employees and visitors to the uh, to the workplace that are going to keep the equal opportunity uh, jurisdictions busy for some time. Um, the last topic, Claire, that I wanted to have a chat to you about um, is again very topical at the moment, and I'm hearing this from many clients, 
about what they do with employees who refuse requests to be vaccinated or vaccinated by a particular time. And then related to that, uh, employees who might refuse to provide the evidence that the employer needs uh, to comply with the employer's obligations. Uh, what are you advising clients in that space at the moment? Sure. Well, managing refusals to be vaccinated. So that this is predicated on the basis that you are in a you are able to provide that lawful and reasonable direction for them to get vaccinated. So, provided there's nothing wrong with your direction, uh, there 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 are avenues you can take to manage these refusals. So, first and foremost, if someone's required to be uh, vaccinated as a result of a public health order, so there is effectively a law in place requiring them to be vaccinated. There are serious fines for organisations that breach this and for individuals as well. So if an employee is breaching a public health order in refusing to get vaccinated, uh, it's in an organisation's best interest, obviously, not to be associated with that breach. And if it's clear that they're intending not to follow a public health order, then you and there's no option to move them, for example, to work from home or some other sort of uh, out of the way situation that would allow you to comply with you, with the public health order. Uh, then they are unable to meet the lawful requirements of their role. Under those circumstances, you may well be able to stand them down without pay because they've effectively frustrated their ability to work for you in refusing to get this vaccination. Uh, and if the situation persists over a long longer term, uh, you may consider termination subject, of course, to, to proper procedure. Uh, if an employee, if it's a lawful and reasonable direction that you've required them to get vaccinated under, uh, they can be, it's well settled that an employee breaching a lawful and reasonable direction uh, can face disciplinary action from their employer, uh, which may be up to and including termination. But of course, we say termination is a, a final point you get to and other alternatives should be considered prior to termination. For example, can these people work from home or a different location? Uh, can they be redeployed into a role that takes them away from community facing uh, a community facing environment? Um, and and they're the considerations we need to look to before considering termination. But with but with any disciplinary process, obviously the most effective way to protect against any potential unfair dismissal claim or adverse action claim is to implement and follow a fair and transparent and confidential disciplinary process. So. Um, uh, and obviously, this is, again, all on the basis that the direction is, in fact, lawful and reasonable. Uh, if it is not lawful and reasonable, the employee may well be able to successfully challenge the disciplinary action or, and or termination, if that's what it is, uh, in an unfair dismissal jurisdiction. Uh, if someone is refusing to get vaccinated due to a medical contraindication, uh, I note that a lot of the public health orders, but of course, it's important important to check specific public health orders because they're all different and they're drafted by different states. Um, it's important to, to understand that the public health orders often have medical contraindication exemption from getting vaccinated for these people. So that's the first point. The second point is that if someone is medically unable to be vaccinated, this will have an effect on whether a direction is lawful and reasonable. It's unlikely to be reasonable if it if it would cause that person harm, uh, you know, physical harm to their person due, due to being vaccinated. Um, you also have to consider, and we touched upon it briefly earlier, you also have to consider discrimination conditions. A medical condition is a disability and 
uh, a person could make a successful uh, disability discrimination claim if you are requiring them by virtue of a policy to be vaccinated and they cannot be vaccinated. So in, in those circumstances, you would manage that by um, uh, allowing, so seeing if you could make any accommodations or adjustments to their role to allow them to continue to perform their work and that's, that's a legal obligation. Great. Well, Claire, look, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us. There is so much to know in, uh, in this space across many jurisdictions and it is literally changing on a day-by-day basis at the moment. Um, it's great to know that we've got uh, people like you within our firm with, uh, that, that are across, um, across it and keeping up to date. So I want to thank everybody for listening to today's episode. Uh, mandatory vaccinations is a very hot topic and we'll no doubt uh, see a lot more of uh, a lot more developments and evolution in this area uh, if you have any questions uh, with regard to mandatory vaccinations or anything we've spoken about today please feel free to contact a member of our employment and workplace relations team you can find details on our website at hallandwilcox.com.au or connect with us on linkedin as I mentioned during the introduction, we recently held a webinar that Claire was a part of as well on mandatory vaccinations, and you can find that on our website uh, as an on-demand webinar and download it and watch it at your leisure. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review and follow our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can subscribe on our website to be notified of new episodes. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.